Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Well, they do say in the textbooks that all good things have to come to an end. And unfortunately, the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast is in its final days. It's been one hell of a 18-month journey, about 170-odd episodes out. We're into the last week now, the last look at Sandown Park. We will go out with a bang, however, for now at least, uh, with a look at uh, the Nationals with the box draw, uh, the exclusive rights to the box draw on Monday to be filmed and recorded recorded in the Sportsbet studios. So we'll rip into this last look at Sandown Park on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Run of the week. And I tell you what, I've gone a little bit off centre, picking a greyhound that ended up running sixth, beaten 15 lengths, uh, went 30 and 73 uh, as a closing time in race number two. It's a greyhound that we all would know by now. Look, I could have done like Wildfire's run at the week. His run was phenomenal, but we'll touch on him later when we catch up with Rob Britton. But for me, the run of Scalacci was pretty big. It was better than it looks. Here's the race replay, and then we'll discuss the way it went for Scalacci getting beaten last Saturday night. Racing, Scalacci just dwelt a shade and Crackerjack Boom out fast from the middles looking to come over. Scalacci's going to drive really hard, clip the leader's heels and Crackerjack Boom takes over by Nick Dundee, Smokey, leader's back, can you exceed? Now I'm just going to pause it there because what I liked about Scalacci as you hear, missed the kick initially, he dwelled at the start but his recovery was good. Crackerjack Boom got the start absolutely perfectly right for him. And then Scalacci wasn't able to drive through and retain the lead, but he pushed really hard to do so, and in doing that, he clipped over heels. Now, at this point of the race, he's back to fourth after already making two runs to try and claim the front, and yet he matches the movement of Dundee Smokey, who we all know as a, as a top liner up to sort of 500 metres. Eventually, after this point, he finds more trouble and finishes at the end. Here's the concluding stages. Scalacci starts to wind up again, then Professor Snitch on the rail. They've got away from Wellback Pirate Kingsley, Aston Costello back with rolling in it off the back and Dundee Smokey takes the lead. Crackerjack Boom comes again. Crackerjack Boom now gathers in Dundee Smokey and Crackerjack Boom too good. Crackerjack Boom won it by one and three quarters to Dundee Smokey. Pirate Kingsley, an eye catcher at 60 to one third. Then Professor Snitch rolling in it. Well back to Aston Costello. Scalacci, no luck. Likewise, can you exceed? So Scalacci, no luck. And what I liked about the run is I reckon he was halted. His momentum completely stunned at least three or four times. And after being stunned three or four times, he was still able to match Professor Snitch before another check uh, toward the end of the back straight. So I think it was completely a forgive run. He's a serious greyhound. Pop him in your black book. I think around Melbourne Cup time, we'll be seeing the best of Scalacci as maybe a genuine Group 1 performer. But the, the world's his oyster, and that was just a complete forgive run last Saturday night. Thursday's preview. So Thursday night preview. This is what I think of the meeting. Uh, 12 races on the card, 12 past 6 the first. We will be catching up with Rob Britton for the inside word. Not just on his two runners at Sandown on this Thursday night program, but also on Like Wildfire, who will be targeting the speed star. It's going to be interesting which distance 
Yeah, he goes for. He's in the box seat, really. Can effectively go 595 or can go the 700. But maybe, just maybe, you try and avoid Hector Fawley over the 595. We'll soon find out. Uh, we'll also catch up with Daniel Hibbard from the broadcast box. So looking forward to that. But race one to kickstart the night. I'm going an each-way special here, number two, Caribou Bale. I'm banking on the Red Hocus Pocus to lead. Caribou Bale to tuck in behind and just needs to beat the three and four to the punch. The five's a promising type, explicit. First go around Sandown under race conditions, but the Meadows win was good last Last time, but willing to take the risk. Caribou Bale is going to be an each-way price. Forgive run last week. He almost jumped too well and then found trouble. Race two, I'm going to Shanlin Wild. I think speed maps into this uh, nicely. Should be able to cross the red and might be able to hold the front and from there can run well. Third race, I'm with one pearly tears. Look, the run was, was really big here on Sunday. She's got a huge motor. She can do a few things wrong, but tell you what, if she gets it right, she will come home with a thumping run at the end. Race four, I'm with the one. Best bet of the night will be a ridiculously short price, but I'm just finding it really hard to see how Zohar Bale doesn't win this one. Those little legs are just going 100 miles an hour the last few runs, and they have been absolutely massive. The premier stayer uh, in the country, I feel. Maybe there's a few pressing on that, in particular like Wildfire, but he's airborne. Zohar Bale, so I'm with him. Race five, a race that has next to no early speed in it from the inside brigade. Going to go with Call Me Marley. I thought the win at Shep was good two starts ago, and then last start he just didn't get the right speed map after being pressured early from box number one and having to go over heels in the run to the first corner. So he gets a race where he could speed map straight to the front, and that's where he likes to do his racing. So I'm with race five, number four, uh, probably the uh, the likely leader. There is pace out wide, bold contender, but hopefully Call Me Marley can retain and, and be hard to beat. On to race number six, I'm with four each way, Lakeview Rosie. Race seven, I like two particular Wages in this race. I'll probably play Aussie Rocks each way, number four. His form has been enormous. He's just gone to that next level in the last month to six weeks, including a, a third behind uh, Postman Pat last time in the state final of the Nationals. That's a, a massive form line, beaten two and a quarter, and we're all saying Postman Pat's just going to clean the uh, the Nationals up. So it's a very good form line. The other player I like is number one, Kalinda Chips, to run a drum. Race eight, uh, same race multiplay. This, my Neo top four, Crackerjack Boom, top four. Landon Bale, top four, is probably what I'll be doing, but I'll have an each-way play on Crackerjack Boom. Uh, he lost a bit of momentum in that race last week that we've already touched on, and, and he was really good to win. I think he can lob second or third and then uh, pack a punch at the end. Race number nine of the night, and I'm going with four. Crackerjack RT steps up to the 600 metres. Should be a winning formula, given a bit of luck early at an each-way price. It's a strong race, though. There's class left, right, and centre. On to race number 10. I'm going to my Bonneville. Just held up at a vital stage last week. Can run well. The 11th, I'm with two Lornet Express in race 12. Uh, number eight for me, cash it in. Punters, punting club. Oh, I tell you what, I'm going to be a little bit stingy on the punters punting club and just have $50 the nose on Zohar Bale. I reckon we might get around the 125 to 130. I know that's not something to write home about, but I think Zohar Bale will be winning. So that's the way I'll do it. If, I, if I'm to break it down into two, uh, I'll have $40 the win on Zohar and $5 each way on number uh, race one, number two, Caribou Bale. What are you really gambling with? Call Gamblers Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free and confidential support. Inside Info. Well, I've said it before, a greyhound racing participant who is pretty much uh, part of the royal family when it comes to greyhound racing. I speak of Robert Britton. He's had a, a deep dive conducted on him on this particular podcast, and now he's back for a bit more of a, a quicker chat. We're halfway through the Matildas game, so I don't want to hold you up for too long. Rob, but how are you, mate? 
Yeah, good. Thanks, James. I'll just... Uh, as you said, sitting here watching the Matildas and uh, enjoying it. That's extraordinary how the Matildas have just uh, grabbed everybody and everyone's so enthralled by what's happening there. But we'll swing our attention back to Greyhound Racing. And before we take a look at Thursday night racing at Sandown Park, you've got a recent acquisition into the kennel uh, from a... Uh, an owner that you've had a phenomenal run with, the Ivers family, of course, with uh, with that incredible tears line over the journey. But you've now got a greyhound by the name of Like Wildfire who stepped out in an exhibition trial and went 33-7 for memory a couple of weeks ago. Then he comes out and goes 41-40, first go over the 7-15 in Victoria uh, under race conditions. Just a, a phenomenal performance. How good is this dog? Oh, look, he's got the world of him as long as he wants to do that and uh you know i guess like i think we can we can uh, wrap dogs up way before they do it but uh look he's won a he's he's already uh had a couple of track records in um, new south wales he can run we know that but uh i guess the question mark about him will be uh, when he gets in against seven or eight dogs that are uh, um group class dogs we haven't seen that yet and uh again i don't want to uh, jump to conclusions i just want to wait until we see that yeah 100 percent. and as a trainer i guess it's the old uh, one week at a time type of thing but as a as a racing fan i tell you what we're getting excited he reminds me so much of of the greyhound that you had uh what was it probably nine years ago space star he started off in in new south wales was just annihilating oppositions in in times that they just don't run he's got that similar trait doesn't he from that same line that he can just he can just do extraordinary things yeah, look, I, I just love to think he could be as good as Space Star. Um, it's it's um, you know a phenomenal line, as you said. And uh, if um, a Space Star to me, I keep coming back to him as when when we talk about all the good stayers that we've been lucky to have. I, I keep coming back to him, and uh, as I said, if he's Anywhere near as good as Space Star, I'd be very happy. Space Star's first run for memory in a heat of the bold trees. He came out and won first up in Victoria, I speak of, for you, Rob. Uh, 41.65, and then he comes out, runs second in that particular final. Were you surprised that, like Wildfire, I know the opposition wasn't the same, and you mentioned that a moment ago, that maybe the pressure's not as big um, in the race that he was in the other night, but it seemed to me like a track that was not conducive to quick times, and then he jumps to the front, he runs Group 1 class sectionals and, and finishes it off in 41.40. Did it surprise you at all? And I know it's hard to draw a line, but you'd have to think he'd be right up there with Space Star if he continues on on that type of uh, momentum, I suppose. Look, I was really happy with the run simply because, as you just said, it was a uh, the track was probably a winter track, mm. and uh, and you know, like there was a hell of a lot of uh, twenty nine eighty, twenty nine ninety runs on the night. It sort of tells you that. Uh, once you come to uh, spring and a little bit into summer, um, he, he could run the hands off the clock. And uh, uh, I'm hoping that's the case. But, uh, again, still have to do it in good competition. And, uh, you know, like we're just, we're just like everyone else. We're just hoping, hoping it happens. Typical trainer, typical coach, I'm going to call you, Rob. They all say the same thing. We're just going to take it one week at a time. But I, I do love that. He's an excitement machine. Speed Star, I'm guessing, would be his next stop. Um, can we get yeah. an exclusive as to what the plan is? Is he going the 7.15 or will you drop him back to the 5.95 where he set that? Yeah, no, I spoke to Michael time. Ivins tonight and we're going to go 7.15. Yeah. And, uh, we, we, you know, it's like I think um, we can always drop back if uh, nothing goes to plan later on. So 
uh, we'll, we'll do that and and uh, just see how it works. But uh, as I said, uh, I'd love to see him jump to the front and uh, on a good track, see what he can do. But if he gets beat, well, it's not the end of the world either. It's going to take a very, very good one to beat him. And uh, look what he did the other night. Absolutely phenomenal. We'll move on to uh, Thursday night, Greyhound Racing. Speak about uh, a Greyhound who is the uh, litter sister to the Greyhound that we've spent a lot of time on, and that's Pearly Tears. Um, she came down from New South Wales, has huge ability, doesn't always show it, can do a couple of things wrong, but you must have been pretty happy with her first up run on, on Sunday. She hit the line, as you would have expected, very, very strong, and she's drawn the red in race number three. Yeah, absolutely, James. I was really happy with the run. Um, you, you're 100% right. She can do a few things wrong. But um, off the red and just watching her the other day, I felt she wanted the fence all the way. Um, I'm just hoping she can get a run into the race at some stage because uh, you're right. I th- I think she's got a future and uh, I just like to think that um, – she can get a run into the race, and it can happen on Thursday night. Mm, I'm rating her as one of the better bets of the night, so no pressure there, Rob. But uh, race 12, cash it in, uh, just a, a seriously good dog. And, and this litter have been really good to you as well uh, by Benali and Aralda Bell. They, they just uh, sort of the gifts that, that keep on giving. Yeah, look, it's been a great litter, litter to me. Oh, I can't complain at all. But cash, cash it in herself, uh, she needs to begin and uh, – I felt that um, she, she's not the greatest beginner of all time. From And from out wide, if she begins well, she'll be right in the race. But mm. if she misses it a half, well, she's not the strongest dog in the world. So, again, I, I just don't uh, – I don't rate her as a betting proposition from out there. Mm. But uh, in saying that, there's no doubt she can win if she comes out running. Her stats back that up as well. Eight career wins from uh, box three, two, and one compared to just uh, four from six, seven, and eight. Uh, I'm suggesting uh, leaning towards the fact that uh, the first of those runners, Pearly Tears, is your best chance for Thursday night. Absolutely. I'm just hoping um, she runs her up to the ability I think she's got. Yeah, I think she could be something pretty special and, and another one that will obviously get over more ground eventually as well. As I let you go, Rob, bit of a strange question. If there was one greyhound in the country right now that you'd love to have in the in the kennel that you don't have in your kennel, who would it be? Oh, crikey, that's a quick, quick... Uh, uh, Without uh, notice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I, I just... I just can't think of a dog, but uh, Postman Pat is he? Is he encapsulated like he has the rest? Look, to be honest, I just love the dog. I just think, I just think Postman Pat's showing that uh, he's not just a one-trick pony. Mm. Um, You know, once upon a time, everyone thought if he leads, he's just brilliant. But no, he's not. He's a brilliant dog, and and the fact that he. uh, can uh, he can withstand pressure and come from behind. I just think he's a really, really good dog. Mm. Absolutely. He's the type of dog everyone would love in their kennel. But so uh, it's, it's great to hear you talking about an opposition greyhound the way that you just did, Postman Pat, and, and it just shows how much you love greyhound racing and you're a fan of the sport as well as, as I said earlier, one of the, uh, the real royals when it comes to greyhound racing, the Britain name synonymous with greyhound racing. Keep doing what you're doing, Rob. Appreciate everything that you've done uh, for the podcast over the last couple of years and, and good luck on Thursday night, mate. We'll be cheering for you, in particular, Pearly Tears, which my hard-earned cash might be on. Okay, thanks, James. From the broadcast box. Well, they did let a, a loose cannon into the broadcast box last Saturday night with a change of dates. I called the Sandown Park meeting, and I tell you what, 
they almost changed the code so I couldn't get in. But this next man is pretty much furniture when it comes to Sandown Park now. He's been venturing down the Hume for the last few years. Calls them magnificently, I must add, and has been an integral pillar on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast since its inception as we get to our last Sandown Park meeting on the Green Light on podcast. Firstly, as I welcome Dan Hibbert from the broadcast box, thanks for everything you've done for the podcast, mate, and you must be excited about a big night of chasing this week. Hello, James. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. It's uh, starting to build. I just noticed the weather's just starting to turn a little bit. It's just starting to... Uh, bit more warmth up this way, a bit more green starting to come through on a few of the trees. It's And that means it's uh, we're getting closer to the, the warmer weather and the better races. And, uh, yeah, we've got a, not a bad card there at Sandown. And, obviously, the, the speed star next week. It's uh, things just starting to come along. Mm, Zohar Bale's the greyhound that I thought we'd chat about and, and sort of highlight from the Thursday night meeting, race four, box number one. Uh, he's developed into one of the hottest prospects in the game very, very quickly the last month or two of his work has been phenomenal, second to none. Um, he's just having a little bit of a tune-up run prior to going to represent Victoria at the Meadows in the Nationals on uh, August 26. What do you what do you make of that race four box one? Almost looks like a solo trial for him. Yeah, it does. With a, a scratching already, I just had a quick look. He's a he's a dollar eighteen on fixed odds to to uh, to get the win. So uh, you're necessarily not going to be making anything out of him. But he he's been absolutely incredible his last two wins, and I think really he's probably been uh, he's just been building this over the last uh, well basically since the start of the July. Um, he won the Winter Cup final at Bendigo over the 660, and then his run in the uh, in a 660 race uh, three starts ago was incredible. He was very much similar to what he did when he had his first 715 run, where he was give gave the leaders a bit of a start and then a, a pasting at the end. Uh, from that point on, he's just been absolutely flying, and the step up in trip has certainly not uh, not impacted him at all. And yeah, he's going to be uh, well. He should be just winning this race. Uh, on Thursday, but uh, he's going to be mighty hard to beat in the Nationals final. It's going to take a good one to knock him off. Mm, I agree 100%. You mentioned just a, a moment ago as well the uh, the Speed Star series coming up. We had a bit of an exclusive from Rob Britton on the podcast just a moment ago, and he said uh, that uh, like Wildfire, who we'll have a little bit of, ch- a bit of chat about now, will be heading to the 715 edition of the Speed Star, not the 595. So I'm not too sure if that is public knowledge. If not, it was a nice little exclusive for the podcast. What do you make of that, Greyhound, like Wildfire? I thought he's, his first up win was extraordinary. He actually sent me a message when he uh, exhibition trialled around Sandown Park and just uh, just about broke the clock. He looks a phenomenal talent and he's handling Victorian racing so far. And the, the thing that gets me about him is he just does it, he does it with ridiculous ease. Mm. And his, um, his solo trial there, he went 33.77. Uh, and I'm pretty sure George Ferruja picked this up when I heard him on uh, radio a couple of days after. He dead set did not concentrate the last 100 metres of that trial. And I've got no doubt if he had uh, uh, if he had something with him, I've got no doubt that he would have been heads down and he probably could have, could have gone close to uh, going near a, a track record mark, even though it's a solo trial. But he was just like, he if he uh, concentrates and puts it all together, I still think even in that, uh, that win the other night, I think he was still doing a little bit of stuff. Stargazing, uh, if he ever if he ever puts the head down and just goes flat out the whole way, he, he could be anything. It's just a uh, yeah, an absolute uh, an absolute oyster there, and we've got uh, you know nothing, everything to look forward to with him. Mm, this uh, probably won't happen, but 
There's a couple of media personalities in the game of Greyhound Racing who are having a little bit of a bicker at the moment uh, in regards to who would win a speed star match race between Zohar Bale and Like Wildfire um, if they were to go around next Wednesday. Now, I don't think it'll happen because Zohar's going to race three days later in the national distance, so that's probably highly unlikely. But whose side would you be on, mate, if they were going together in a, in a boxing ring, ring from, the, uh, from the blue side, Zohar Bale, or from the red side, uh, Like Wildfire? Jeez. Jim, you've given me a, this is a really tricky one because uh, I can imagine that like Wildfire's going to be out in front and Zohar Bale's going to be chasing. And the way that Zohar Bale's been chasing lately, it's uh, he, he's really in the zone. But that, that both of them have gone well that first run at Sandown over the 700. I don't reckon there's really much between them. If I'm, if I'm going on potential, I'd probably say like Wildfire. Right, right here and now, it's probably... Uh, you know, 50-50, but I'd say give it another another three or four months and maybe like Wildfire might have it, have the measure. I thought exactly the same, but uh, if you're getting a $1.10 Zohar Bale in comparison to $6 plus like Wildfire, you're backing like Wildfire yet? Oh, absolutely. That's what I think. Uh, you got any tips for me tomorrow, mate? Thursday night, Greyhound Racing. Any winners to be found that we can pop in the black book? Look, um, I've had a quick look, and I look, I've, and I've looked at the price as well. Now he he's currently four dollars on the fix that I can find, um, and that's uh, race number nine, number four, Crackerjack RT. He's first first go at the five ninety five, but I just I reckon the trip's going to suit him down to the ground. He's been getting home extremely well. The run uh, two starts ago behind. Uh, Vaucluse Bale was uh, was astronomical. He was so far back and came from a, a mile back to get into third. Another two or three strides, he probably wins it. Uh, and you know, wasn't uh, didn't have a great deal of luck last time behind Big Energy. I think he's uh, on a. I know there's only six in it, but you're probably back him each way and bank that he's going to run top two. Uh, I think he's going to be hard to beat Crackerjack RT in race nine. I like that. The asterisk on race nine, number four, Crackerjack RT. We appreciate your time, Daniel Sud, on the podcast. Uh, we have done so over the last uh, year and a half, mate, so thanks for everything you've done. But if I could ask one more favour, could you please end the show, give it a little bit of a plug and say thanks for listening to the last green light on Premier Racing Podcast for Sandown Park or something like that. No worries, Jim. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks for listening to the green light on podcast. What are you really gambling with? Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au for free and confidential support.